just sing that song, Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Let's do it now. Oh, God will not reject your prayer. Oh, for greatness you
service for us if that's possible i want to sing with you i stand in awe before the presence of the king my hope is in the lord how many times does david say in the psalms why are you distressed O my soul hope thou in god amen that's all we need is a hope in the lord jesus amen we don't have any written prayer requests but let's just carry on this atmosphere of worship as our brother tim comes and we'll just sing a verse and chorus of my hope I stand in awe in the presence of the Lord, in whom the wisdom of the
our heads together. Heavenly Father, Almighty One, when our expectation lays in the One who is omnipotent, how great can our expectations be, O oh God, that we can come before You and know, Lord, that all things are possible to them that believe. Lord, you've given us such a refreshing this weekend already. Lord, you've moved amongst us. You've dealt with our hearts. You've touched our lives, even our bodies already, Lord. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord. Who are we? Lord, we're reminded how David said, What is man that thou visitest him? Oh, Lord, we just thank you for your goodness to us. We just give you praise and we thank you for this opportunity tonight once again. As we bring our needs, we bring our expectations, we bring, Lord, our very lives before you and say, Lord, speak to us as you would. We desire, Lord, that you'll have the preeminence, that you'll take every spirit in here under your control. For you are the word that discerns the thoughts and intents of every heart. Lord, there's no secrets hidden from you in this place. Even as our brother Ron has prepared himself, we believe, Lord, that you are the strength giver. Lord, you are going to give him strength to fulfill what you have put upon his heart, Lord. As you have dealt with him, Lord, may you minister your word. May you lift the people's faith up to a level tonight. Lord, that every need can be met. Every victory can be won. Every chain can be broken. Every enemy can be vanquished, Lord. Oh, just raise us up into heavenly places like never before, Lord, we pray. We love you, Lord. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your goodness to us. So just take every spirit now under your control, we pray. And deal with us, Lord, the way that you would desire. We commit this service to you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Isn't he wonderful? Amen. You may have your seats. We're going to invite our sister Victoria and brother Victor. Maybe you could come sing your special at this time. We're not going to have another song, so go ahead and just come right away and prepare for that. We did just want to be sure to extend a warm welcome to everyone joined with us this evening, all those joining us by way of the internet, and all the visitors. Many have come a long ways, and we're just happy to have each and every one of you and make these meetings what they've been. And then after the special, we'll have a testimony, and then we'll have the choir sing, and then we'll turn it to Brother Ron, and we just are really looking forward to what God has for us this evening. Amen.
Mojo. All right, if you could just have that queued up. It's a testimony that we wanted to share with you. Some of you are a little bit familiar, but I think this will be special for a few of you. But uh, since 2019, my wife and I, uh, Sister, Elena, Sister Elena and myself, uh, had miscarriage after miscarriage. Not very many people really knew about it. Um, they were all in the first trimester and uh, some early on. And so it, it's, it's sometimes just a part of life. And so you move on, but it kept happening. And there's, you know, we're very blessed to have the son and daughter that we have, but there was a desire in our heart, you know, for another child. And um, in, I believe it was late 2019 or early 2020, she had a miscarriage that was really quite uh, hard on her body. And, um, and so then it became kind of a real fearful thing for her. And um, fast forward now till uh, 2021, and in August, late July and in August of just last year, um, we found out that she was expecting again, and so we're excited, but there's that, that fear now, because now there's been a bit of a pattern for a couple years. And um, uh, she had another miscarriage and lost the baby, and this one was, was quite severe, and uh, there came a point where she finally called her doctor, uh, and the doctor said, you should go to the emergency room, just because of how, how much of the hemorrhaging that was taking place. And Elena was just so weak, she's like, I don't want to go to the hospital, so we had prayer. The Lord stopped the bleeding, and uh, she was out for eight to ten days. I think it was about ten days. She couldn't really do anything, and so I was in full-time school, working, trying to take care of the kids, and it was a, a challenging couple weeks, you know, and she feels, um, you know, like she's not able to do anything. It's very hard for a mother, but she was just really weak and really discouraged, and then there's all the physical things happening as well. So it was a very challenging time, and that took us right up to camp. In fact, when we came to summer camp, it was right out of that and I, I had messaged Brother Michael. It's like, if I don't seem very excited about all the camp prep, it's because I am so tired. And like, this is where we are. And I told Brother Michael what was going on just so he had a heads up. It's like, this is what we've been going through the last couple of weeks. It was the 10 days before camp. And uh, poor Elena was just so tired and, and just her body recovering and uh, all the emotional side of it as well. So we came into camp very tired and uh, just, you know, still trusting the Lord, but just disappointed again, and having, this was our, our fourth or fifth at this point, and um, at the very end of camp, Brother Wayne Lawson, this will be special to Brother Louise and Sister Grace as well, at the very end of camp, on his Sunday morning, he proceeds to share a bunch of testimonies. I'm sure a number of you remember, he told testimony after testimony, he told the testimony of the sister who was crippled, and she came up to give a testimony, and when she reached for the microphone, he said, and with these eyes, I saw her hands straighten out. And then after that, the last two testimonies that he shares were about the Lord granting children to people who had not been able to have children previously. And so I have that testimony clip. It's about five, or sorry, the, uh, yeah, testimony clip. It's about five minutes, but I felt it would be important, so we're going to share it with you. Share a little bit of the testimony with you. We could cue that up, brother. Right in my house, my, my, my son, Zachariah, got married to a lovely young lady named Anna, Anna Carter from Brother Paula Fontaine. Some of you might know her. Wasn't long after they were married, they decided they want to have a, a child, which would be my first grandchild. And I was happy for the news. I want to, my, my, my goal in life is to have a pile of grandkids hanging around the house. That, that's like my ultimate goal. Seriously. So I was so happy to hear the news. And then she, expecting we all was rejoicing, lost the baby. That was a rough day. A little while later, they worked up the nerve to try again. She got expecting, lost the baby. 
went to the doctors and they said, well, we're not sure what's really wrong. Some of her people around her began to say, well, there's a, there's a lineage that we're from and some of them is not able to bear children because of certain diseases strike their body and they, 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 they're not going to be able to have them. So her and Zechariah were, were, were in labor, wondering, praying, asking God. Well, about this same season, Brother Erickson had Ron Spencer to come for our October meetings. And it may have been May. I don't remember. We had him twice that year. And in the end of the service, we were having a prayer line. And, and when Brother Ron started praying, he asked me to join him. And I come and stood there with him. And while we were praying for people, all of a sudden, Zachariah and Anna come on my heart. And I said, Lord, I want to see them have that baby. I want to see them have that baby. Lord, if you just let them come in this prayer line, it'd give me a little comfort. And all of a sudden, in that same moment, Zachariah pops up, gets Anna, comes right down there, stands into the prayer line. Brother Ron goes to pray for him, puts his hand on Anna, begins to pray, and steps back and looks at her. He said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you'll have that baby. That's pretty bold. So we rocked around almost a year. No baby. I went and preached for Brother, Brother Spencer in February, the end of February. While I was there, I was preaching, come along, and I said, I just want to testify to y'all that I'm a grandpa. They're like, you're a grandpa? I said, yeah, I'm a grandpa. It's online if you want to go listen to it. I said, I don't have a pregnancy test, but I sure got some faith. And my faith says I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to have a grandbaby. God said I could have it. And Brother Spencer's sitting on the road behind me, and you can hear him scream out, That's thus saith the Lord. You're going to have that baby. Woo. That's pretty, that's pretty bold. Well, he told me later, he said, Well, I knew I already seen a vision of it. I said, well, that, that explains. So the time rocked around a little lower, and all of a sudden one day I come home, and Anna and my wife are crying like a couple little kids. And I think, oh, Lord, what's happened now? So I go outside, and I'm walking around, and I'm saying, Lord, you promised me that baby. You, 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 I don't think them kids could go through another disappointment. You promised that baby. And I come back in there, and they got a little card for me. And they hand me the card, and I opened it up. And it's the pregnancy test. It's positive. We're about to have a baby. Listen, let me tell you. You talk about, about rejoicing. But wait, you know, there's nine months. There's, there's time. So we, we wait, we wait, and finally, finally we were able to hold, hold that baby. Little Evelyn. God gave us that little baby. Now, we have the picture. Yeah, you have it? Amen. Show me, show me the one where Brother Ron's dedicating her. This is, there's the one where Brother Ron's holding her. That's Zachariah and Anna and little Evelyn. Amen. Brother Ron's dedicating a child that the Lord let him have a vision of. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? Now, now the next picture there. Now, she's a little bit older in there. Ain't she pretty? Yeah. Uh, that one wasn't needed. But I want to show y'all baby pictures. They said, Brother Wayne, what are you doing? I'm showing you that this message is real. I was preaching in a meeting one time over in David Burris's, and the, the young man's a pastor now. He met his wife, Sister Stephanie. They were sitting in the meeting, and I was preaching right along. 
And I was preaching all of a sudden, and inspiration comes on me. And I point out at Sister Stephanie, and I said, listen, God, change your body if he needs to. God changed Mary. God changed Hannah. God gave those babies. God's able to do whatever to cause something to happen. Hey, man, you can have that baby if you can believe it. I didn't even know she's praying for a baby. Ten months later, she comes to Arkansas, walks in the church. She said, here, Brother Wayne's that baby. I said, I didn't even know you were, were wanting a baby. She said, do you not remember pointing me out and, and telling me that God would give me the desires of my heart? If I, I said, no, I don't even remember it. Because, see, God can speak to a man. God can speak to a woman when the speaker don't even know what is being asked for. But God remains to be God. Let me tell you something. He's still God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you can sit me at, see me at the piano sitting there looking really awkward because there's a mess of emotions going on through. I'm like, this man has no idea what we've just come through. So after the meetings were over, I tracked him down in the dining hall, and I said, Brother Wayne Lawson, you don't know this, but my wife and I just came off of our fourth miscarriage, and this was a real hard one. And he said, anytime I feel led of the Lord to share that, he said, I, I know that there's a reason for it. But while I was sitting there at the piano, and I was just saying, thank you, Lord. This is so timely. I just so appreciate it. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, you will have a son and name him Samuel. And on May 9th... <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Little Samuel Jaron came. He is perfect in every way. The doctor says this is as perfect as a baby can be. And we're just so blessed and so grateful. I just wanted to share that with you. There's been a reason we delayed the baby announcement. We wanted to be able to share the backstory behind it and just give glory to the Lord for what he's done. When God speaks, things happen. Amen. We ask the choir. Why don't you go ahead and come, choir? God bless you. We're going to sing a song for you, and then we'll turn the service to our brother Tom. But God bless you. You may have your seats. God is good. Hallelujah. God bless you.
speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak Addiction starts to break, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus, because your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life.
of the living God amongst us. I believe that we could all stand to our feet as they just go through the last verse and chorus, honey. And we're going to introduce Brother Ron Spencer, precious brother of mine. I don't know who holds our pastor higher in esteem, but these men of God that are sitting here on the platform. This is our 50-year jubilee here at Cloverdale Bible Way. And Brother Neville, it's so wonderful to see you up there. God bless you. Amen. How many came with you all the way from back east? Your family? My, 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 my. What is the attraction that no good thing could come under Cloverdale? Think of it. All to do with Jesus the living word so we're, we're rejoicing in our 50th Jubilee tonight our precious brother David Mayer all the way from Switzerland took the first service preached my Jubilee brother Timothy Pruitt a soldier who I love so dearly preached a new song brother Ron Spencer pastor has been with us so many years I remember his first service went back to it this afternoon 2005 
discovery. I don't even know if he remembers it. But God has given us a collection of brothers that have been dear to our hearts over the years. And these are the brethren that we felt that God would bring to us so we could rejoice together around this glorious word. And we have lifted up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to enjoy this. The services are not over. This is just the beginning. Brother Ron will be having a prayer line after the service. After he's uh, spoken, we're going to start the prayer line down this way and then back out this way out here. And so we'll try and make it as fluid as possible. We don't want to interrupt the Holy Spirit one bit. But we want to magnify Jesus. And by the way, it's Ryan's birthday. I thought it was very appropriate that he would show his birthday present. be here with you. We so love you with all of our hearts. I don't, don't, don't just say that to say that. So I, I love you. And just what a meeting. Amen. What a phenomenal meeting. And we're just, we're just looking forward to great things tonight and tomorrow and tomorrow afternoon. Amen. And into eternity. Amen. So thank you for being so cordial to us. And maybe just take your seats just for a moment. And 
I'm so thrilled to have my son Matthew with me. Yeah. Matthew, if you could stand just a moment. Matthew is my oldest boy, and he's an, he's an incredible son. He is our service leader and also a speaker as well, and he speaks a couple of times a year in our absence, and, and he is the young man that pulled me out of the fire. And so had it not been for our Lord Jesus having him on the scene, amen. Well, I, I really didn't enjoy cremation, so... So we're here. Amen. I'd like to thank you for allowing us to be a part of this, Brother Tom, Brother Ed. We go back a long way. We're family. And uh, I'd like to, if I could just have a couple of moments, and I'm going to take them. <clears throat> but I'd like to put my, my thoughts, and I have a lot of emotions that goes with this, but your 50 years has been so special to us and as many as all around the world and the ministry of Brother Ed Biscoe has touched hundreds of thousands of lives. I just happened to be one of them and it was when I was a little boy, we would go home from church and, and on, on Sunday evening, uh, William West Virginia was the radio broadcast. And we would listen to Brother Tom as he would introduce and then Brother Branham preach. And, uh, and that kind of give us a touch. We didn't have, we didn't have all the tapes that we needed. And, and my dad, it was like sacred event when that, when that came on. Nobody talked. You just listened to that and it was just so wonderful. In 1978, I got the opportunity to, to listen to Brother Ed for the first time. I, I don't know exactly how old I was. I didn't stop and figure it up, but I was a teenager at that time. <clears throat> and I'd heard a lot of speakers because so, I was born and raised in church and the message. And, and I'd heard a lot of speakers, but I'd never heard one like that because he made it real. As a young man, it connected. I got married. I, I was saved in 1983. The Lord dealt with my heart. Dad asked me one day, he said, uh, who was your favorite speaker as you came through your teenage years? Who was your favorite speaker? And I said, well, it was a man that came and spoke on experiences. And he said, that's Brother Biscoe. He said, he's going to be in, in North Carolina in a few weeks. Would you like to go? And so I said, absolutely, I'd like to go. So we drove four or five hours to be there and and it was a church that was a unique way that they did business. And Connie and I had just got married. And so they separated the girls from the guys. They thought she was too young to sit with me. And <laughs> they took her off to Sunday school. <laughs> I was expecting a, an older gray-headed man to step out and preach. And here come a bouncing athlete. And Brother Biscoe stepped out, and I was on the fourth row. I was about where you're sitting. And Brother Biscoe preached on the breach, and you must cross over. And uh, what a powerful sermon that it was. 
It would be a couple of years later that he would be at the North Carolina camp at Brother Henry Green's. And he would speak a sermon called Let Us Run. I was a young man there. And as a young man, I was sitting. and I was a young preacher at that time. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of direction. <clears throat> I went back and listened to that sermon this morning. Brother Biscoe spoke. He spoke on many people though, down through the ages. And he took different ones like Peter Cartwright. And he, he took men of the ages, John Wesley. And he, took, and he took portions of their lives and showed what God did with them in the works. Spoke about John Wesley speaking 88,000 sermons. Spoke about how this one produced all the books that they did and translated sometimes 42 different Bibles. And as he began to, to speak those things, he began to talk about that last seed. And that last seed would be the most costly. And we must be driven to get that last seed. What he was doing in that camp meeting service was explaining God was allowing him to explain my life. And Brother Biscoe was standing and explaining his life. And his life was not just himself, but it was his wife. Because behind every great man is a great woman. A great family. And then a great church. And none of it's possible without a great God. We don't lift up a great, the men because of their humanity. But if somebody don't go. Many of you wouldn't be here without Brother Bisco having went. We've all got our critics, but our critics actually make us the masterpiece. They actually testify that we are the masterpiece. <clears throat> I would be given the opportunity. My father and mother would go to Brother Billy Andrews for 19 years to hear Brother Biscoe speak. It was their anniversary. And they loved it. They didn't want to go away to the mountains or to the beach. They wanted to go hear Brother Biscoe preach. Brother Biscoe, my father passed away the other day. 82 years old. I'll share something with you. You were the last preacher he was listening to that day. Thank you. Thank you. My father was a, great, was a great man. And he would listen to tape after tape after tape. And he, and he loved this message with all of his heart. And he loved Brother Ed with everything that was within him. Amen. So I thank you as an audience. I thank you as a people. I thank you, Brother Tom, for all the efforts, for the behind the scenes. 
an unsung hero, a passionate warrior. Thank you, Brother Milko. We'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. As we heard sermons like the administration of the Son of a Man, the proven accuracy of the Word, and for decades, we've been listening to the five ladies of grace. I want to say this to you. More than a man was preaching to us. Jesus Christ was using a vessel to speak to you as an audience. I hope you have enjoyed 50 years. And the greatest thing is there's more to come. I stood with Brother Biskel in, in, in Switzerland for 10 years and, and spoke with him. He's a great salesman. He told me I must go. And his last sermon, I believe, was, was be thou an example. Some of his last words in that sermon was, we're challenged to finish this. I want to say this to you. As this meeting, I, I address you with my portion. I want to challenge you and stand and be one of the voices. Let's finish. Let's finish. I don't want to get to the edge of it and quit and go back and get tired. Let's finish with more energy than ever before. it was the last time that I was here I was standing at the fireplace with brother Murphy at brother Tom's house and we were just standing there and I I saw a vision and I hope that's all right to be open about that saw a vision and I told brother Murphy I said I see a baby coming he thought it was him <laughs> then I called sister Tracy over and he was really scared. And <laughs> but it was for you, Sister Grace. Congratulations to you guys. Is it okay to take my time here for a moment? The last time I was here, I was getting some bad news. You didn't know it, but I was starting to get, it, get some bad news. And I was going to come by myself. I had went to the doctor, and I, the doctor had told me, you need to get some scans. And so I got some scans. And so 
They actually called me and told me we have some we have some news that's coming for you. And so I was coming here, and so I I, I came. And the one of the doctor's uh, office managers called Sister Connie and said, "You need to book a, a ticket and be with Brother Ron because he's going to get some really bad news." And she said. Uh, I don't know if I can get that ticket. She said, well, God can help her, help you. And so she explained to the, to the, I think it was Delta, she explained to them what was going on. And they actually put her right beside of me of every leg of that flights. <clears throat> Five minutes before Brother Tom picked me up at the airport, Brother Drake, I got a call from the doctor, and the doctor told me, he said, you have cancer in your lungs. <clears throat> I walked out of, the, out of, the, out of that, that hotel, walked down the steps, and all I knew was I'm going to preach on courage tonight. And I spoke on courage with all my heart. So regardless of what circumstance you're going through, <clears throat> Brother Murphy called me and he told me that you were, you were having quite a bit of trouble, Sister Grace, that it would be impossible for you to have a child. On the day that he called you, called me, and told me that, that you couldn't have children, <laughs> only minutes before I had been in the office with the doctor and they had told me that I was terminal. And so I figured since God showed me a vision that you would have a baby, that same God was telling me that I would be well. Now maybe you're even, even, maybe even having even a negative thought. Maybe Satan's entered a negative thought at this point. I want to just, let's just think about this meeting just for a moment. Brother David Mayer came and spoke a masterpiece on Jubilee. When you go back and dissect that, he came almost at every angle on Jubilee that you could possibly come. Until tomorrow morning when Brother Tim Pruitt takes it all back apart and puts it all back together again. <laughs> and you enjoyed that sermon. And you remember Brother Bisco got a letter from Switzerland. And God spoke to him. And you know the entire story. But here's something maybe you don't know. I was there and I was preaching and Brother David Mayer, that's two foot taller than me. And he is translating for me. And God is moving in the service. And as he's moving, it hits me. Brother Michael, you might, you might appreciate this story. 
And Brother David is standing beside of me. And I said, now don't translate this part. I said, Brother David, God has called you to preach the message of the hour. And not just preach the message of the hour, but you'll be a pastor. Isn't that the truth? He had never preached a sermon in his life. Wasn't that a masterpiece Friday? Joshua, where's Joshua at? Joshua, his son. He's on the front. Amen. Well, I have tunnel vision. I can't see. So Joshua, this morning, he had came to this meeting expecting to get an encounter with God. And this morning, where's Brother Joel? You remember your encounter? It changed your life. He got that kind of encounter this morning. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't he great? What a great God that we serve. And we so love him with all of our hearts. And, and um, maybe just before, because I, I just told my son, just before I stepped out to come up here, I said, I believe I believe that in this kind of an atmosphere, anything is possible. Amen. Now, for, for those that don't know, I was just at the doctor just only a few days ago, and these are the top oncologists in our, in our area in the state of Virginia. And I, I just asked her, I asked her, I said, where are we at? We're two years down the road now. Where are we at? We take chemo every day, the strongest chemo that you can take. Where do you, where do you see that we're at? She said, well, she said, you, you have just as much cancer as you ever had, except for that growth that we removed. She said, you have just as much brain cancer, just as much lung cancer, the lymph nodes are there. The cancer is there. <clears throat> and she said, she said, you're taking the chemo every day. You're tolerating that. And she said, it's your God. Amen. She said, you're the only one we have like you. <laughs> said, I've never had one like you in all our lives. You are our testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I wear a pen. And maybe I'll just explain that to you. That pen is more than just a hope cancer pen. But every time I wear it in the pulpit, there are people that has cancer around the world. It is unbelievable. The outsiders, the denominational people... People that are not Christians, 
that doctors tell them what he's preaching works. Stupid devil. What he thinks is destroying is actually winning seed. I don't want you to pity me, but I sure do want you to pray for me. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for everything. We love you with all of our hearts. I hope I didn't take too much time. Amen. And you want me to preach now? Is that, is that all right for me to preach now? So here I stand and, and uh, supposing to have been dead two years ago. Do I look like a cancer patient? message works. I want to say it. This message works. No matter what trial that you're in or what situation you're in. Hallelujah. You can ignore the symptoms and walk right on day by day. Good, bad, ugly. Move forward. Amen. So in the face of all of that, I, I, I feel led to speak to you. And this might be part three or part four of, of Jubilee, but I want to take my thought this, this afternoon on nothing can stop this. How that must shiver hell. Because they know it. Your amens ought to have been stronger than that. Hell knows this message is true. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Could you stand with me just for a moment? We love you. Brother Tom, thank you. Thank you. Amen. Happy birthday, Ryan. Amen. Amen. Psalms chapter 27 and verse 1. Before we go to that, could we just talk to the Lord? Now in a few moments, we will have a prayer line. No man is the healer. Jesus is the healer. Amen. Brother Ron, you have cancer. Understand that they say that I've had cancer for eight years. During that time, we've seen cancers gone. We've seen cripples walk. We've seen deaf hear. We've seen blind eyes opened. And we've seen the dead raised. Nothing can stop this word. Now, I want, you to, I want you to ask the Lord to sweep by your way. I want you to ask him 
before a prayer line, I want you to come. Ask him to come and touch your heart. Heavenly Father, we love you with all of our hearts. How thankful that we are. How grateful that we are for 50 years. But we'll spend eternity thinking of the greatness that you have been among us. Testimony after testimony that we've been allowed to be a part of. Lord Jesus, just now, just now as we turn the pages to to read your word, Lord, you see our needs. I stand here tonight with great need. And I believe that you can touch me never to have another cell of cancer again. I believe. Not only do I preach it, but I believe it. And you're the healer, Father. You spit on the ground and took clay and put it in a man's eyes. You touched the leper. You went to Jairus' daughter and said, damsel, arise. You went to your friend Lazarus and called him by name. Not only that, you went to hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. And you can save the worst sinner in the whole world tonight. Your power has not lost its touch. We ask you now that you would just come among us. May angels' wings sweep across this audience, Father. Lord, we already sense your presence even now. Now we ask you for strength in my body to speak your word. In a very supernatural way, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Psalms chapter 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked and even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat me up, eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. In the midst of war, I'll be confident. One thing that I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he shall set me upon a rock. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. One scripture. And it's still as powerful today as the moment that it was written. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Could we read that together today? And read it with passion. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. 
The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. God bless you. You may be seated. Brother Branham said, what are we afraid about? Possess the gates. We have God's promises. We have his word. We have his Holy Spirit. The angels are encamped about us. Everything is in order. Every wall can be took down. It's already took down. The Son of God goes before us. His banners are waving. And there's nothing can stand in the way of a saint of God going to meet the promise of God. Death can't stop him. The grave can't stop him. The devil can't stop him. May we make a declaration today. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Cancer may be their champion today, but our champion is unstoppable. Hallelujah. Determination in our lives. I read this just a bit ago. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. We will never surrender. We will fight for our families. We will fight for our children. We will fight for our healing. We will fight for our deliverance. We will fight for joy. We will fight for peace. We will fight for the Holy Ghost. We will fight until our bodies are changed and we're sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We will never, 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 never give up. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter. Name change. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell, the strongest part of hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on, on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth 
shall be loosed in heaven. Maybe your thoughts are, we've heard that a million times. Well, I want to ask you, who is among us today? More than Brother Ed Biscoe. More than Tom Ray. More than Tim Pruitt. It was more than William Branham. The mighty angel himself is among us. And if he is on our side, we cannot lose. We are reminded, Brother Branham had to stop and say, you're not feeding on the mind of a man. But you're feeding on the body word of the Son of Man. He wanted to caution. Don't feed on my personality. You feed on him. You feed on him. He's the one that will heal you. He's the one that will deliver you. He's the one that will save you. He's the one that will bring you out of a grave. He's the one that will rapture you. And your mortal will take on immortality. Brother Dave, may we just make a declaration and say it as strong as we can say it. Somebody's got to be the final voice. Somebody's got to be the final voice. We've had the energies of those that have went past. And we, we're thankful for every bit of it. But somebody's got to have determination. Somebody's got to have passion in their life. And say it. Nothing you've got, Satan. Homes, cars, jobs, personalities, governments. Trudeau can't stop this. COVID couldn't stop this. The government of China couldn't stop this. Social liberalists cannot stop this. Denominational spirits can't stop this. Cold Church of Christ among us can't stop this. Satan has tried every scheme. (laughs) Well, if you're going to have war, you have war. So what he does, he points maybe at your pastor. Really wasn't your pastor that you were pointing at. Then he points at the message. Then he points at you. Then he can't, can't agree with the Bible. He was trying to stop it. You ought to be smiling right now. You ought to be smiling right now. He's done everything that he could do to stop you. Just go ahead and smile. He's done everything that he could do to stop this. I understand that you came to this meeting trying to get your sister out of a cult. (laughs) And here you sat. 
Don't God have a sense of humor? And we know all things work together. For good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And moreover whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. It's rigged. It's rigged. It's a rigged court. It's a rigged court. You were one out of a million. But God predestinated your seed to life. And if God watched over the natural seed, how much more will he watch over you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So no matter what trial that you go through, what situation that you go through, God's watched over you. He's protected your seed. And your fathers in times past were in wars and in plagues and in horrendous situations. And God watched over them in battles. And, and literally angels stood and stopped shells. He stopped ships from turning upside down. He stopped car wrecks. Because he was watching over your sea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you get a grip of that. That God was watching over your natural seed since Adam. Because you were here when Jesus was here. Hallelujah. You're a pedigreed Christian. You were in the Lamb's book before the foundation. You were a thought. Brother Ron, I don't believe so much in visions. Well, God had a vision of you. Before the foundation of the world. He thought of you. He knew how tall you'd be. What color hair that you'd be. What color eyes that you'd be. How tall. You're even your attributes. Everything about you. And through all of that. Here you are. Fully manifested. And he predestinated you. To hear this word. When a million turned it down. What Eve turned down. You believe. You have accepted. It's like breath to you. It's your life. It's your passion. It's your jubilee. set you free from denominational thinking. 
It sets you free from sin. It sets you free from habits and all different kind of things in your life. And then when they try to come back in, the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and the seal of the Holy Ghost stops it because you're sealed in. I want you to just think about this. At every meeting Jesus conducted, Satan was there. He was critical at every meeting that he conducted. He had questions. He made fun of him. He called him every name. And Jesus told them just days before of what was going to happen. Now remember, God created his own enemy. And he had a beginning, and he'll have an end. To let there be light. And there was darkness. There was love. And there was hate. Satan was the anti-type. To actually show how great God was. Maybe you're looking at the picture wrong. But God created his own critic. Hope you're listening, Satan. Hope you're listening. It was God that created you. You may have forgot. But it was God that created you. And so, so now, all the way down, God has been descending through the Old Testament. And you could see God in Moses. Sometimes you have to look strong. You can see God in Joseph. Disappointing to be in a dungeon. You can see God in Jonah. And they maybe didn't understand that they were displaying God. But God was making his way toward his own vessel of himself becoming flesh. Now, Satan had 4,000 years to stop it because he was watching. He faced every one of those prophets. But he couldn't stop redemption from happening. He couldn't stop redemption from happening. He couldn't interrupt God's plan. He couldn't interrupt it. He couldn't stop it. He had all of his demons and imps at his disposal. And at every junction, he couldn't stop the word. And time from intercepting and prophecy being fulfilled. He couldn't stop it. 
virgin shall conceive. Satan had to watch the angel come to Mary. In that other dimension, he had to watch that angel come to that girl. And knowing the scriptures, he had never went to a girl before. But now he goes to a girl. So he goes back to hell and says, we got to make up a story. We got to make up a story. We got we to gotta have some fake news. That she has an affair with a soldier. But she steps into the vision and says, be it unto me according to thy word. Shepherds came. Kings came. Every meeting, Satan tried to disqualify him. Fifty years, Satan's tried to disqualify him. Fifty years. Fifty years. Boy, he's been hard at work. We celebrate 50 years here. He's been here every service. Every service, you've thrown him out. You've cast out demons. You've worshipped the Lord. You've, all, you've, you've sent this a message around the world. And Satan just keeps coming back. Just like the fellow that's standing in the pulpit. He would have killed that fella. If he'd have had the power. He'd have killed me a long time ago. If he'd have had the power. Because we've done his, his kingdom much damage. In the last two years we've done his kingdom a lot of damage. You've done the kingdom of hell much damage in 50 years. That's to be celebrated. Jesus says that it's finished. They take his body. They put it in a tomb. Sometimes what you don't see what's going on is Jesus was on a mission. God sent Jesus to hell so you wouldn't have to go. He just didn't come to heal you and, and to lift your spirits. But he has prevented you from ever tasting hell. Can I use it? Now this is something you need to celebrate. This mortal realm is as close to hell as you'll ever go. 
for the sinner. This mortal realm is as close to heaven as they'll ever get. quite a thought, isn't it? So Jesus goes to hell. And while he's there, he takes the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He does something that no mortal man has ever been able to do. Because when he was standing in flesh... He said, I have power to lay my life down and the power to take it up again. He warned Satan. He warned Satan. He told him the prince of this world is judged. He warned him. And in all of that warning, Satan with all of his power, with all of his thoughts, with all of his perversion, couldn't stop him. <laughs> Glory! I want you to just think. Jesus tells a woman to come to put spices on his body. Knowing they wasn't going to find him in the tomb. I believe it was you that said, Brother David, you said that the tomb was open because he could have walked through the door. I thought that was awesome. I would have said it if I thought of it. <laughs> but they needed to see that there was an empty tomb. But I want you to just think about this. You're sitting here and you believe the message. And sometimes you feel like, how did I get worthy to be able to sit here and hear what I hear and see what I see? Of all the people living on the earth, kings, ambassadors, incredible people of all of the people, Living on the earth, he invites them. Oh, I feel like running. He invites them to come and see him in another realm. Now, Satan, you can amen from that dimension if you want to. He told them, Touch me not. I'm not ascended. But not only could they not touch him, Satan couldn't touch him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Can I just say this to you just now? Whether you realize it or not, that seed that is sealed in. Satan can touch your flesh. He can contaminate your spirit. But his cold, dirty hands can't touch that sea. And you can't stop that sea from coming to life and manifesting rapture conditions. 
That must make him so mad. Did you kill him yet? Guy, God just preached another sermon. You know what happened to me the other day when I got here at your fellowship? All day I'd felt discomfort. And I'd take a pain pill in the morning, then I'd take a pain pill in the afternoon. Then we came to the meeting, and the boys took me back to the hotel. I felt really uncomfortable, so I took another one. I've never did that. About 12 o'clock, I got up and gave birth to a baby boy and had a kidney stone. Stupid devil. (laughs) So don't, you know, you don't need to have a pity party. Because greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Brother Branham is standing over that little boy that was Finland from Finland. And Brother Branham makes this statement. He says, you don't know how it feels. And know where you're at then. All the devils out of hell. If it line up everything that there was in hell around, it had never stopped it. The next time you have a critic talk to you about that finished boy, why don't you just give them this quote? Brother Branham said, every devil out of hell, strongest to the weakest, you got to line them all up. Every preacher ought to be shouting all over this building. You got to line them all up. And you couldn't have stopped it. This quote is more than just a 50 year old quote. You could line up every devil out of hell. And you can't stop this rapture. This very moment has been preserved. Like your gene seed has been preserved. This 50 year jubilee has been preserved. Angels have stood here night after night and watched you worship. Hear you amen. Knowing there were demon forces trying to destroy. But if God is for you, who can be against you? here to see this message through more than the personality of frail men but God himself is here around the world to see this word through and Satan I want to say it without being too redundant you can't stop it
Your pastor was called to come up and set. That's not the amen corner. He's not here, so I'll just say it. He could have been the prime minister. He'd have made a good one. He could have been one of the richest businessmen in the world. He was gifted. God was with him. God raised him up. But to be more than a prime minister, why would he want to stoop from this pulpit and take Trudeau's job? When eternal gene seeds are set and just feed away. And they're to be encouraged. They're to be enlightened. They're to be strengthened. They're to be anointed by the mighty angel himself. Because it was more than, more than quotes in a book. More than quotes on a, on a tape. It was a vision of God. And God knew you'd be sitting here. But God's not finished with this yet. He's not finished with this message yet. There will be a marriage supper. You're sitting here and you haven't been touched. This young man got a touch this morning. Every generation. He got a taste of what you got, Brother Joel. And that changed your life. You've had difficulties. You've had situations. Nothing stopped it. Brother Kim, you and Sister Nettie, is that right? Had it. I was close. Don't be mad. You're in a place where you could throw rocks. When he first came to Canada, I stayed in your home. You gave me your daughter's bedroom. And I prayed that your daughter would get saved. And when you, at early in the morning, when I got in your car, you said you'd been up all night praying with your daughter. God dealt with her during the night. I don't know how to say it any better. God hadn't forgotten. Ben, you, you came to a Wednesday night service declaring I'll never, I'll never go back to church. And your dad said, Ben, Ron Spencer's preaching. He didn't want no more church. And I wasn't even supposed to be there. I was going to your place, Brother Tim. And Brother Harold that just passed called me and said, won't you stop at Wednesday? On Wednesday night here, two months before, God spoke to me and said, 
the sermon you're studying, you'll preach at Harold's. And I actually sat at my desk and I said, Lord, I have no plans to be at Harold's. God has plans. And so I stopped and I preached a Wednesday night and you were sitting near a post. Your plans were, this will be my last service. And you didn't realize that was only the start. Do you think God just picks you up and starts you out and then goes in the middle of a project, goes, you know, I'm done. He'll see it through. He'll see it through, Ella. No doubt a lot of doctors said Ella will, will be one of those forever childs. Will never accomplish nothing in life. She gets permission from her father to call me now and then. She doesn't realize that it's some of my most difficult days that she calls me. And I hear a girl that's rolled around on the floor and she's had incredible, horrible days. And she could probably out-preach most preachers. Got a nature of an angel. That stupid devil. That stupid devil. Now she's graduating. Hallelujah. She told me the other day I'm going to be a lawyer. I said, I believe with all my heart. <laughs> Poor devil. <laughs> my doctor has the same disease you have. One of them. She stumbles through the door. And one day I told her your story. She said, you don't know it. But it's conditions like this that drive us. When the enemy says we can't. When the enemy says we can't. It puts something on the inside of us. It puts something on the inside of us. Now I'm going on very sacred ground. Tomorrow morning, you're going to have one of the greatest preachers that ever lived in history. Preach to you. I know I'm on sacred ground. I got a thick skin. I can handle it. But I just see things as in an eternal realm. And his father told him he'd be a forever child. 
he would never amount to nothing. But there's a jubilee. There's a jubilee. He watched his son stand in the pulpit this morning. He may not have been able to play with the boys and run with the boys and do all the games with the boys, but that condition drove him. What a stupid devil. You know, none of us see the condition of Job where an interview takes place between God and Satan. And God has so much confidence in trusting you. He has so much confidence in you that you'll trust him regardless of the circumstances. You won't give up. You won't turn around. You won't go back. Because God himself has had fellowship with you. And he asked Satan, have you considered my servant? I didn't know where we would be two years later, two and a half years later, when God spoke to me in my office and said, if you'll trust me, I'll use you like never before. trust the government I don't trust humanity I'm not standing here because of popularity I could care less about that every day I get told in my ear you're going to die during your sleep tonight it don't bother me he's been a liar for two and a half years why should I believe him now Brother Brandon said God's strategy, God's strategy is to take empty human vessels. And shake the world with them. Like a Pentecost. At Pentecost, what did he do? He'd taken them 10 days and got it all emptied up. But they was all standing there with their vessels turned up and God took himself and filled them up. That's all. And they shook the world. Can I have about five more minutes? 
How many is Americans here? Amen. Amen. How many want to be? <laughs> I want to be a Canadian. You want to be American. We're celebrating our, our jubilee here in this service. We're also celebrating liberation. Because we're not a slave no more. We're celebrating. We're not going back. We're celebrating our freedom. Now, now there are people that don't enjoy our praise and worship. And let me tell you why. They've never really got free. Because if you've ever really been a slave, you'll be thrilled. If you've ever been a drug addict, you'll be thrilled when the addiction's not there no more. If you've ever been hooked on pornography, you'll be thrilled that you can live a pure life. If you've ever had a suicide devil or a depression devil, you'll be thrilled when God sets you free and you never have to go back ever again. I'm ever amazed how God weaves services together. I have no idea what tomorrow's coming. But I'd like to talk to you about songs for one. Is that all right? You see, in our southern culture, I don't want to offend nobody, but we're all Christians. In our southern cultures, there were slaves that was brought to America. And there were people like me, and you, Brother Tim, and you, Timothy, you, Brother David, all of you preachers, Brother Tim, all of you, wanted to see those slaves be set free. So they would set up areas to where you meet us about 12 o'clock at night in the midst of darkness. And the the message to get it to the people in the fields is someone would get the message to sing a song. And they thought they were just being religious. Down by the river. Down by the river. Down by the river, let's all go down by the river. And if you heard the message, if you heard the message, and you really got it, that night about 11.30, you got out of bed the last time. went down to the river and there was somebody there to meet you. 
to you tonight. We've been singing to you Jubilee. There's somebody that'll meet you. Now, our country was under, I may get in trouble here, but was under the influence of another country. And they were taxing them a half a penny. Think about that thing. A half a penny. Half a penny. Your, your tax is about 51%. They were taxing them a, a half a penny. You ought to just go right out into the streets and rot. They turned ships upside down, called it a tea party, and was taxing them. I don't have a penny on me, but they was taxing them a, a half, not even a full, a half a penny. And they called that oppression. And they decided, we got to do something about this. I pray in this meeting you get so vexed. Till you decide, I'm going to do something about this. Fifty-six of the most powerful men in the, in the future United States came together, and they would call it the Magna Carta, the Declaration of Independence. That means that we make a statement. Ain't putting up with you no more. I ain't putting up with you no more. And they wrote all of their, how that we're going to do it. And they knew there was going to be repercussions. Some of these were incredibly rich men. And every one of them put their name on it. I'm just about done. Every one of them put their name on it. And they signed it. Knowing it came at cost. Many of them lost their businesses. Their houses were burned. They became bankrupt. Almost 90% of them became bankrupt within two years. Freedom comes at a cost. Where's Ken? Ken, you know this. One of the men that signed it, his home was even invaded by Cornwall Wallace and his men had it invaded his mansion. And he told his army, I can't have the enemy living in my house. I'm willing for you to blow it up so I can be free. I want to ask you tonight, are you willing to sign 
I'm going to answer for you. <laughs> Milko, I'm going to answer for you. I want to sign. I want to sign. And let's just you and I sign it. <laughs> like John Hancock. John Hancock said, I want to write it so large until the king don't even have to put his glasses on to see my name. It's been preached every service. Let me just say this to you. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring. Let it ring in your heart. Let it ring in your life. Did it stop these men? No. Will it stop you? No. We're not a dainty a bunch of panty waist preachers. We're men of passion. God knew who he was going to call to be the bride of Jesus Christ. We believe this message with all of our hearts. We will not turn back. We will not run. Give me liberty or give me death. Ron Spencer, what if you die tonight? Don't you believe it for a minute. If I die tonight, I'll be more alive there than I will be here. So Satan, you can't stop us. I love you with all of my heart. Tonight, Sister Grace, two years ago, you didn't realize what was going to happen. There's people standing in this building with you that two years ago, if time lasts, they'll look back and go, what God did for Grace, he did for me. What he did for Wayne Lawson, he'll do for me. What he did for you, Grace, he'll do for Esther. We speak that in the name of the Lord. We've seen him do too many things. Some man here that they just took a tumor out in his eyesight is depleted. That you know, it was my eyesight that, that triggered them to check for brain tumors. 
because I went blind in Brother Wayne Lawson's meeting. And I have 2015 sight today. It's not for the critic. It's not for the unbeliever. It's for me. It's for me. It was your pastor that stood for prayer. And you heard him. He got a touch in Switzerland. Isn't that right? Which one of you girls were there? Sister Linda, you was there when prayer was made. Phenomenal miracle. You remember what the title of that sermon was? What will I be remembered for? He translated that sermon, Brother David. What about this night for you? This happens to be the night of a prayer line. And I happen to be the speaker. But I happen to believe that all things are possible. To them that believe. Sister Rachel, you you served dinner for us today. I don't know if I was supposed to tell the world that you did that. but I believe it's arthritis. But arthritis is not greater than God. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? It's not greater than God. Your condition is not greater than God. Maybe you're backslidden. And you just want to bring your excuses before God and say, God, I'm sorry. Because the zeal of this hour is to repent. Maybe maybe you've just allowed yourself to get cold and indifferent and get an attitude. Just get an attitude. I've been fighting it for an hour now preaching. Your attitude's not greater than God. Your excuses to be backslidden is not greater than God. God's here to set you free. Your broken marriage and relationships, listen, that's not greater than God. Your situations that you see hopeless, it's not greater than God. Is that right? Either we believe it or we don't believe it. Either we believe we're going in a rapture or we don't believe we're going in a rapture. And if we believe that, what about tonight? If God can take care of the eternal part, how much more greater can He take care of your temporary? Amen. Maybe Brother Ryan would come just now and as we would just prepare. Amen. How many of us need this evening? Yes, I would like Milko to be first. Is that okay, Milko? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Brother Ron, how do you look at Milko? Oh, he's only trapped in that flesh. 
He believes this message as much as he's ever believed this message. It's not what you're looking at. See past what you see. Think past what you think. Why don't you just let go and let God have his way? Amen. Amen. Maybe Brother Tom, you want to come for a moment? Amen. Just before him. All things are possible. In this atmosphere, God can do anything, saints of God. Can thou believe? Yes, I believe. I believe in the miraculous. He is immovable. He's unshakable. And I believe the Holy Spirit is here now to confirm what we've heard. First night, this morning, tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit has a mind to set a people free. Brother EBA, I would like Brother EBA also now to come and get behind Brother Milko if the brothers would bring him. All right. After, after Brother EBA, those that have a need, a serious need, why don't you just make your way then behind Brother EBA? And if God has put something in your heart that you can believe for this impossible, I believe for Brother Milka. I've been believing for months. And I'm not going to stop believing. I'm not going to stop because of circumstance. How many of us have believed for Brother EBA at the prayer meeting? And so now at this junction of time, God's going to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can even ask or think. Brother Michael, Brother Ron would like you right down here. Brother Tim. Oh, all things are
tonight? How many believe you're really free tonight? That God came down and met your need. The Bible said you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You are recovered. You are healed. You are delivered. You are set free. We are bound. chain was on my office and I looked at that what is that broken chain doing there then I heard message one then I heard message two and then I heard message three and no devil is gonna bind this church I can't be bound by broken chains Jesus, let the hallelujahs roll. Let me praise him tonight, saints. Oh, let's sing that song with some meaning now. Because nothing, a broken chain cannot bind the redeemed of God.
glory, Michael. We can rejoice when a man can hear the prayers of a sister. We're in the right place at the right time. And then if God's here, saints of God, all things are now possible. Precious, you're free. Never to be bound by those thoughts again. Let it go. How many want to let it go tonight? I'm done with it. I'm finished with it. I don't want to even think about it no more. Let's put it in God's sea of his forgetfulness and forget about it. Forgiven. Forgotten. Forever. We are the unstoppable. Is that not true, Brother Timothy? We're unstoppable. I like what Brother Ron said. When the devil starts to tell you you can't do it, what happens? You're like a, a child. You can't have that candy, Tim. And, and when mommy and daddy aren't looking? Huh? But now the devil tries to tell us you can't have it. We're adults. What does the word say? I can't have all things. Amen. We don't have to act like children now. We're adults. And we take God at his word. And we tell that devil, Raymond, you can never bother me again. I got a new song. I'm in my jubilee. It would be terrible for preachers to come and preach and then, you know, forget what they preached about. Wouldn't that be just terrible? That would just be, listen, 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 listen. I was thinking about what Brother Timothy was preaching this morning. And I was thinking, if I had Brother Cam with me, my buddy, where is he? He's there. And I had Brother Mike with me and I had Brother Tim with me. And Brother Murphy with me. And we're going into a furnace fire. And each one saying, well, how are you doing today? And yeah, we're doing good. It's hotter. We will not bend. We won't bow. And if we burn, we go to heaven. But God, which in mercy, gave them a new song. I think the fourth man in the fire ought to be sung tonight. Because it wasn't the one, the two, or three. It was four. Amen. Brother Ryan, I had to get there. We got the choir. All right, choir. Sit. If the saints want to sit down, we're okay. We're having a jubilee. Brother Jerry, just great to see you and the family here. Hopi, Jonas, my goodness. Amen. The family circle cannot be broken.
stand before me and there's nowhere left to run and so
fights for me. Amen. Jesus fights for me. Let's go back to that part. That's my favorite part of the whole song right there. Go ahead, Brother Ryan. Jesus fights for me.
praise be taken back from my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the miracle in this life. Thank him, Levi, for the miracle in your life. You have everything to praise him for tonight. Amen. Once like a bird in prison, I felt well no freedom from my sorrow. Well, then Jesus came and he said to me, well, Lord, Just excuse me, I gotta get to the aisle because goodbye to sin and sins
when it's word, if it's man's words, well, it'll just fiddle off into space. But if it's God's word, it's true and it has power every time. That's why you can quote it over and over and over again. And every time you say it, it's powerful because it's his word. Amen. Glory. I wish songs just like flooded over me. Justified. Never did it in the first place. We heard about that just a few weeks ago in preaching, amen? That's a concept that God can reveal that never did it in the first place. Then there is goodbye to sin and things that confound. Because I didn't do it ever, amen? I was sitting along there wondering about what I
That's where I'm bound for. You know, is Brother David back there or did he leave? Oh. Brother David, we had just a joyous time at camp and you sang a song for us. He's just like, no way. Yes, way. Because that's what we're here to do is to praise him. Amen. I'll sing with you. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my When John, when he saw, hallelujah, when he saw the book was open, 
Hallelujah. Everything in heaven, everything on earth, everything under the earth heard him shouting, heard him rejoicing. Brother Branham said, he must have seen his name down there. I heard the Jubilee bell ring this weekend. I see my name in the book of Lamb. And I'm going to shout. I'm going to praise. Oh, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I will dance like David. Oh, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I will dance like David. No, no. Did you have the time to check that song? I send it to you. Oh, that song. <laughs> we might as well rejoice. <laughs> Maybe Brother Timothy could help me out here. <laughs> what song? Give me a key and... Yeah. If you want to know... Where I'm going, where I'm going, where 
tonight and brother Michael can come back <laughs> do we sing that song here victory is mine victory is mine and I woke up this morning well I woke up this morning and I didn't have a
it ain't going nowhere. Amen? We ain't going backwards. This is Jubilee. I love Jubilee. Amen. I love the fact that it's not a day. I think Brother, I mean, Brother David, he was saying this morning, the, the man, he said, the fastest runner went to the top of the mountain. said, the sun is coming up. Oh, my. I was just visualizing that. Get up there. Run up there as fast as you can. And it doesn't matter the fastest sprinter. Just trucking it as hard as you can to the top of the mountain. Just so he can see the sunrise. And somebody way down in the valley is deep and dark and shadowed. But that person at the top, he little peeked over the cliff. And he said, wait a second. You're slaves no longer. Oh my, I was rejoicing in my seat. And that one, he could send her back down. The sun's coming up. The sun's and it just started to relay right down to the valley. Somebody in the valley right now. I'm on the mountaintop and I'm telling you, there is no more slavery. There's no more fear because I'm shouting from the mountain. Freedom reigns. The sun is up. Oh my, Jubilee has sounded and we have responded to the original life. Amen. God's attributes were manifested to his bride. We have power
yesterday, today, and forever. In this day to say, I still am alive forevermore. Oh, I love that. Oh, I just love that. We are called unto adoption. preaching there the last couple services somebody was talking about just the resurrected saints and they just mentioned something maybe them coming up the aisle my goodness I can't imagine and I think they were saying if you those with Christ of course they'll see it those that don't they wouldn't even see it but I just was thinking what a moment that would be I'll change that statement what a moment that will be and I can tell you WhatsApp servers will overload. They won't quite understand why. Because when one of us around the bride, around the world, sees a resurrected saint for the first time, oh my goodness, the believer grapevine will light up so fast. Oh my goodness. I'm waiting for that moment. I'm expecting the moment. Maybe someone's going to burst through the doors right now and say, it's on. Oh, that's what I'm longing for. That's where I'm living right now. There's never been a time like this time. I know we say, well, rapture's on right now, huh? There's just that next step of the rapture cycle. When we see someone has gone on before. Maybe it's Brother Henry. He's gone too long. He's like, man, I was only gone a short time. That's okay, Brother Henry, we're coming to join you. Amen. I've got my mind made up. Got my heart straight right. I'm going
I would give the devil one last pummeling before we leave tonight. Um, many of you know my testimony, but I would just like to say, thousands of years ago at Calvary, my Lord died for me and he healed me. But four years ago at a camp service, the minister, the man of God that spoke to you tonight, prophesied over me. And after he was finished praying, he said, it will be. No disrespect to him, but I would like to change those words and say, it has been and will continue to be until the day that my flesh manifests what my soul believes. Extra, extra. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Sister Ella, she asked in the back, she says, do I, should I come up in the prayer line? We were talking in the back. He said, she said, I just believe the Lord's already healed me. I'm just going to, I just need to walk in it. So that's exactly, amen. He's already done it. Amen. So they're going to honor your faith. I just can't get out of my mind. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Amen, brother EBA. Extra, extra, read all about it. I don't know until, but at some point, the confession will come to manifestation. Extra, extra, read. Don't read all about it. It's done. I, I can see what a moment that was in the barber chair. I said, maybe, just maybe, this man is cutting your hair. And you're saying, extra, extra. I can see. Oh, my. We got all the pieces. Lord, may it come. Amen. Can we just sing one song before we go tonight? In Jesus' name we press on. That's a prayer of my heart, always. When the valley is deep, when the mountain is deep, oh, when the body Tumbling. 
blessed be your name, Lord. Lord, with that on our hearts, on our lips tonight. That's the testimony we want to leave, Lord, this sanctuary. In the face of our enemy, in Jesus' name, we press on. Because as Ron Spencer preached tonight, nothing's going to stop this. God, if that can anchor deep in the heart of your people here tonight, Lord, Satan, you're on warning tonight because there's a group of people that are coming to defeat and come against the gates of hell because we're seed genes of God foreordained for this purpose to be a generation that'll defeat the enemy of Laodicea. God, give us the strength now. Lord, not by our own might, but by your power that we could go from this place, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord, for we return tomorrow, as Brother Ron said, to hear a preacher. Lord, one of the best preachers in history, indeed, our Brother Tim Pruitt. You're not finished, Lord. This is our weekend you've given us, Lord. May we hold on to every second, every moment. Take Brother Tim, Lord, even tonight. Lord, may your presence, Lord, that pillar of fire that accompanied your prophets down through the ages, that accompanied your prophet, Lord, would accompany Brother Tim in his little room tonight. And Lord, would you inspire him and anoint him to bring a word that will deliver your people, Lord, and change us, Lord Jesus. Maybe tomorrow, as your prophet said, between six and nine, potentially, that, Lord, there could be a sweep. Maybe we don't get to service tomorrow. That's the expectation of our soul. But if we do, oh God, may your presence be so powerful. Lord, as your prophet said, so milky. The faith is so powerful. It's just milky white in here. May that be the case, Lord, tomorrow morning as we come back, Lord, still reveling in what you've done amongst us tonight. May those, Lord Jesus, that had their face stirred to walk through a line, to believe, Lord, you're going to meet their need. May they walk out these doors never the same again. May they not look back. May they look forward. May, Lord, even as Satan would come to try and cast doubt, may, Lord, their ears be turned, completely stopped to the enemy, Lord, and all that he could say, but their faith anchored on the word of God, their healer. Oh, Jesus, the stripes that you bore on Calvary for them. So we commit, Lord, our little evening to you. We've, we've rejoiced. May the joy of our heart continue to just burst from us, Lord, as we would go in fellowship maybe after a little bit, Lord, till tomorrow. And Lord Jesus, we come back, Lord, expecting for you to do more wonderful things. We love your presence, Lord. Lord, because we come from eternity, that's what our heart cries for. It yearns for, Lord, your presence to draw near. Lord, so we can't help it but be drawn to you, Lord Jesus, because it's part of us. So, Lord, would you come and we welcome you into our, into our, Lord, our little walks, our cars, wherever we may go. Would you go with each one, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We had a wonderful night tonight. Amen. May, you, may the Lord Jesus go with you. God bless you. Greet each one. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus Christ's name.